Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. God bless you all. Paul Clay sitting in for Jess. Let me see if my other mic headset's going to work. Hang on a second. This one wasn't working. Is that a little better? Nope, I still can't hear. Okay. Well, maybe the Mr. Engineer can help me out on that. Oh, now it's working. So, Paul, I want to say praise God because, you know, when, when I get bishops calling me and asking me for help uh, that are the good guys, I always say, thank you, Jesus, for letting me operate in a way to serve Christ and his church in a powerful way. And that's what yes. Virgin Most Powerful does, Paul. You're right with us on this. And, you know, today um, I have the title of the show, How to Share Your Faith in Spite of Scandal. Mm. Now, Paul, you and I, topic. we do spend some time looking at what's going on in the church and in the world, whether it's the communist uh, approach here or socialism or infiltration into the Catholic Church. We're aware of it. We probably are aware of it more than most people are, okay? Mm. But I want to say, let's not let this get in the way of our relationship with the kingship of Christ as, in, as part of our life. Am I amen to that? Amen. Yeah, we need to be centered on evangelization in spite of all the crummy things that are happening in the world and in the church. I can give a couple things today. Yeah, Pope Francis secretly met with the abortion-pushing Pfizer CEO twice. Of course, that's not good. But I can tell you, um, one good thing that's happening, nearly 200 members of our Congress vowed to uphold a Hyde Amendment to protect the pre-born and the spending bills. See, so there's good people out there fighting in spite of bad example. Here's another good news story, in my opinion, because it's exposing the, the, the error. The Alberta government up in Canada, the data from the official site showing spikes in hospitalization and deaths after the COVID jab. See, we said this, but now the statistics are showing it. Yes. It's not good. Now, a bit of a scandal. Okay, I know. It's in the National Catholic Register. The Jesuit Journal criticized for, art, for an article supporting assisted suicide bill. People are going to say, well, Terry, Paul, how is it that these people can be in the church preaching when they're preaching things that are contrary to the church? You know what? I'm not in management. I'm in sales at their exit <laughs> interview. We'll find out there. Now, mm. I only mention these things and much more. We've got a little clip on the communists take over and what they're doing. We're going to play that a little bit later. But before we get into all of this, I want to encourage you to get your gospel, get the gospel out every day, read your Bible, read your catechism. If you're not a high information Catholic, you're going to lose your faith. That's just it. If you're not praying every day, you need to deepen your prayer life, especially in the times we live today. Paul, could you go ahead and read the gospel of today, Mark chapter 2? Verse 23 to 28, please. Alrighty. <clears throat> As Jesus was passing through a field of grain on the Sabbath, mm -hmm. his disciples began to make a path while picking the heads of grain. At this, the Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need? And he and his companions were hungry. How he went into the house of God when Abathar was high priest and ate the bread of offering that only the priest could lawfully eat and shared it with his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. That is 
That is why the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Ah, I get excited Good when I hear should. things like that. <laughs> yeah, because Jesus, again, uh, one who speaks with authority, Terry. That's right. You know, as a youth leader, uh, as you know, I took I love a, this. Yeah, I, I, I took a, a turn out of our church uh, as a young man and, sure. and and got into Protestantism. And, right. you know, we used to teach the, the kids a song and the song went something like this. I don't want to be a Pharisee. <laughs> I don't want to be a Pharisee because a Pharisee is Sadducee. <laughs> I don't want to be a Pharisee. <laughs> yeah. You know, why didn't we want to be Pharisees, Terry? <laughs> sure. Yeah, we didn't want to be Pharisees because we understood that most Pharisees during the time of Jesus had evolved into religious hypocrites. Exactly. You know, they had, you know, they had religion and they had the skin of religion, Terry, but they didn't have, they lacked love. Yeah, yeah. Everything right? was legalized uh, on the Sabbath. If a piece of fruit fell from a tree, Paul... Guess yeah. what? You couldn't eat that piece of fruit. Yeah. And uh, again. <laughs> a chicken uh, laid an egg on the Sabbath. Destroy the egg. Wow. Yeah, that's how bad it is. Wow. Goes. And let people go hungry. Yeah, see that. You know, and I, and I like that. I like that that phrase where uh, Jesus says, listen, the Sabbath was created for uh, uh, was created for man, not man for the Sabbath. Exactly. You know, and we're not. Yeah. And, and, and this is uh, and, and, and Jesus demonstrated that, Terry, when he became when he came down to serve, you know, he didn't come. I mean, he's the Lord of glory. And he gave us an example where he became the servant of all, yep. you know, to the point of death, death yep. on the cross. Right. Um, so, yeah. Um, uh, you know, we understood that, you know, most of them at that time were, were hypocrites. Uh, they, they, they lacked that love. And sacred scripture tells us, Terry, that God is love. Man. Right? We know about that. We know about the the great passage that in in First Corinthians chapter thirteen, where God, we call it the love chapter, where God says, if you know, if I have speak in the tongues of angels and, and you know and and have not love, I'm nothing but a, a, a sounding gong. You know, uh, you know, it goes on and on and says, look at. Love is everything. And, uh, lo you know, love is um, uh, when we talk about the virtues of faith, hope and love. What does sacred scripture tell us? The greatest of these is what? Yep. Love. That's it. Love. Yes. Yeah, so um, where are we going with this? Well, well, I just want to add one thing on this. Yeah. Paul, where you're you're going is that, you know, people have a fun way of knowing who the Sadducees are because they were the sad people because they didn't believe in the resurrection. Okay, so yes. there's a, that's how you make that distinction. And the Pharisees, as you were just saying so clearly, they're legalistic type people. And so our Lord knew this quite well. And so mm -hmm. they knew exactly what he was saying there. It was very clear to them. So I mm -hmm. appreciate that commentary. I'm, I'm all for more if you have more to say on that. Yeah. Um, no, I just uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just finish with saying that a hypocrite is someone who acts contrary to what he claims to believe. Yep. Uh, he's the opposite. It, it's the opposite of meekness yeah. and lowly of heart. Yeah. Uh, and it's full of pride. And as we know, sacred scripture says pride goes before a fall. And, and, and I just like to remind, you know, any brothers and sisters out there listening that uh, we in Christ 
you know, have to remember these lessons and not fall into the same traps. Well said. Before I bring in the smartest guy in the room, I'm told I keep forgetting to support the show by going to catholicrc.org. You can get downloads right from that website. And don't forget, we do have a YouTube channel called Full Sheen Ahead. And that way you can promote our guy. And a matter of fact, let's bring Bishop Sheen in right now. Full Sheen Ahead. That's what I say. And this has tied into the title of our show, which is How to Evangelize in Spite of Scandal. Bishop Sheen says, We do not know what the future holds. There is only one thing that we do know. That is, that if truth wins, we win. And if the truth, ah, but the truth can't load. So what is Bishop Sheen saying? Stay focused on the truth. Don't go down rabbit holes right now and spend a lot of time looking at whether it's an apparition or whether it's uh, looking at, uh, you know, all the government solutions. Let's keep our eyes focused on the prize, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, Paul, I I wanted to, I know we're going to play a little clip that you sent me on communism, but I want to just give another scripture since we were talking scripture. I think I have a time to do it. Because we finished earlier about Samuel and Eli. This is where the sons, they were wicked men. Remember reading in the Old Testament, they were committing adultery with the women who attended the temple and they're also taking portions from the sacrificial people brought to the temple before it was offered to God. I use this analogy because I think we're in that same situation. The priests were putting themselves before God, and that's our problem right now. These people yes. serve me with their lips, but with, with their, their hearts, hearts, they are far from me. Are yes. we doing the same thing, each of us? That's our examination of conscience. God is God. We are not. God will not be mocked forever. Now, that no. first commandment, thou shalt not have strange gods before me, must be kept. Because I believe, Paul, the uh, situation we're right now in, we've got a false god. Who's influencing who? The world or the church? And I believe the world is influencing us more than the church should be influencing us. And I call that another god. That's yeah. my take, Paul. Yeah, and it's and, and Terry, it's because... You know, we forget the scriptures. We become short-sighted. The Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, right? I mean, you know, uh, we have to be, we have to remember that, you know, the world is at opposition with God, uh, you know, as it stands right now. Now, don't get me wrong. God will one day bring the world, you know, under his reign, under his power completely. But but God has a timetable and, you know, and he's not he's not slow that some should count him slow, Terry, but he's patient. Why? For our sake, because he doesn't because he wants to save as many of us as possible. Amen to that. I love it. Hey, you're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. We're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. Amen. And if hope was money, we'd be billionaires. <laughs> we come back. We've got a powerful clip to play for you regarding atheistic communism. You won't want to miss it. We'll have a short pause right now. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Jesse's out all week doing a parish mission. Paul Clay is sitting in. We're a two-man car. No, this isn't Jesus 911, but (laughs) uh, it could be. 
because these guys that I have here at Virgin Most Powerful are on fire for the Lord. Paul, this is why don't you set it up what this clip is all about so our listeners can get a taste for it because they can listen to all of it on YouTube, but we just have a, a three and a half minute clip. Tell us about that. Well, Terry, you know, it's funny because sometimes when we give out information here, the information, I got to admit to you, even to myself, when I, you know, when I sit back and I listen, I go, wow, it sounds extreme. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it it, it sounds so conspiratorial, you know, and because that's what they tell. Oh, it's a conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, it's nice to know that here on Virgin Most Powerful, we're not the only ones that see these things. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, uh, we've been given the mind of Christ, which, uh, you know, obviously helps us to see through a lot of things. And God, uh, God, God gives us eyes that see and ears that hear. But it's, it's interesting to see that there are secular people out there in the world and in different countries who notice the same trends notice the thing what's really going on in the world and this is so huge that uh uh you know we we ascribe it to the work of satan and and nobody else because that's exactly what it is but uh this is just a short clip and he's going to talk about what's going on as he sees it and 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 he's going to talk about and identify a few major players in in um in England that are actually pushing the country toward communism and toward a communist agenda that he sees in a powerful way. But uh, let's see what you got on the clip and and we'll go. The Communist Party of Britain is only about 1,200 members strong. It's a tiny party. So how can this tiny group have the influence to make policy on a nationwide scale? Here's the answer. The Communist Party of Britain controls or influences almost every major labor union in the country. The Communist Party is pushing COVID lockdown policy into the unions, which in turn influences millions of people, plus the Labor Party and even the Conservative Party. So Chinese policy comes to the Communist Party of Britain, they make it labor union policy, and the unions make it general nationwide policy through their influence and control of the Labor Party and even their influence over the Conservatives. So the Communist Party of China tells its 200 affiliated Communist parties around the world to push lockdowns. The Communist parties then use their uh, friendly politicians, their labor unions, to, to make this a general policy in every country to, to the degree that they can. Pretty soon, this Communist Party policy, this Chinese Communist Party policy, is affecting hundreds of millions of people worldwide. In July 2021, they started the World Health Network, and its whole goal is to spread the British model all over the world. According to the Express UK, union officials at a preparatory meeting for this organisation stated that the ultimate goal was to bring down capitalism and that Britain needed Soviet-style socialism to stop the COVID epidemic. It is clear by now that enforced lockdowns have very little to do with public health. The question is, who benefits from them? It certainly isn't the business people. It certainly isn't the working people of Western nations who are affected by these lockdowns. 
You know, they are suffering huge economic and social damage from the lockdowns with very little public health benefit, if any. I believe the real beneficiary of all of this is the Communist Party of China. It's using its minions in every country, its compliant politicians, its network of communist parties and labor unions to push lockdowns endlessly. And we're getting ready for another wave of lockdowns with the so-called new mutation. Well, these mutations could be endless and the Communist Party of China has an endless appetite for destruction. So unless we stand against this, the Communist Party of China will continue to push lockdowns until the West collapses to have a general economic meltdown. And then revolution is on the horizon. The West won't be able to fight back against communist Chinese invasion or military action. The lockdowns are really a military tool. Most people in the world have zero idea that they benefit the Communist Party of China more than anyone else. So I think, in summation, that the lockdowns are a tool of the Communist Party of China. I think they are being spread worldwide. I think Britain is a model, but this model will be applied everywhere. What do you think? Wow. Yeah. Talk about uh, information that is like, wow, it's powerful. You know, Paul, I think of Fulton Sheen and how he spent most of his priesthood uh, condemning communism through our Catholic faith, and at one point, uh, the communists really thought of Fulton Sheen as enemy number one because he was converting atheistic communists to the Catholic faith. Mm -hmm. And I think now people think communism was like, oh, didn't that end 30 years ago in Russia? Didn't mm. that happen? You know, like that Cold War is over, but they don't realize that Communism is alive and well, and China has been, you know, putting his, it out for years, and they're stepping it up. And this whole Wuhan virus was set up for them. Who's benefiting from it? China. Yeah, listen, <clears throat> it's a known fact that the only economy that actually grew That's right. during the lockdown was the Chinese communist yeah. economy. Yeah. Uh, I like how he pointed out, Terry, that this is a weapon. Yeah. You see, the Communist Party is, you know, um, the, the threat used to be like, oh, the, uh, you know, mutual annihilation with nuclear weapons, and, right. uh, you know, but they're smarter than that now. They know, people know that, you know, we're not going to just launch a bunch of nukes because it would mean the end of life as we know it. And so how do they... Uh, <clears throat> you know, how do they make their influence felt in the world and how do they topple nations and conquer nations? Well, number one, uh, you systematically uh, uh, infiltrate these nations. And as the man pointed out, the goal is the destruction of capitalism. Yeah. You see, Terry, if the system that we know it collapses, we wake up in the morning and we turn on the news and we hear there's chaos, you know, that, you know, all the markets are just, uh, you know, in disarray. Everything's frozen. There's no money available. What do you think our country will be like at that point? Oh, yeah, it's going to be a mess. And, and, you know, the Acton Institute, who we've had their director on many times over the years, points out, Paul, that capitalism was the one form of government that brought more people out of poverty than any other one. As a matter of fact, 
you can add all the other forms of government and they don't even equal the people that capitalism took care of and pulling them out of poverty. As a matter of yeah. fact, I'll give you it right now. China, you know what? China, if they never, you know, they had their great plans. It was a disaster, okay? Until they gave people some freedom to have their own jobs and, you know, make some money, even though it's limited. That's mm-hmm. the only thing that pulled. It's funny. They think, well, how did China get so powerfully powerful? Well, I'll tell you, and this is just my take. Paul, I, I don't know if you agree with this. I'm just, of course I agree. No. Well, I'm going to say this. We shouldn't be buying anything from communist China. Hmm. In other words, don't do business with them because that's going to cripple them to build up their military and their influence. The way to reach China is in their pocketbook. Stop buying things from China. That's my take. Well, uh, the main issue, it, it's so sad, Terry, because our country has become dependent upon China. I know that. Look at the we have, money. Yeah we, yeah, we have outsourced everything to China. And that's why you remember when the when the pandemic first hit, yep. uh, we, we needed medical supplies desperately. And what did communist China say? We'll take nope. That. Yeah. No. And they said, nope. You, you know, we have it all on lockdown. Remember yeah. they? Yeah, I do. They bought. That. Yeah, yeah. California they, made, had to pay a, like a, a hefty price for them. They made some under the table deal with the Chinese communist government. Exactly. And so this is the evil uh, once again that's just being uh, emphasized. The yeah. evil that's going on in the world. And uh, I was even thinking in terms of Terry. Can you imagine um, if? The system that we know it, the capitalist system that has caused so many in our country to prosper, yeah. uh, so many. America has been the envy of the world for so many countries because even our middle class live uh, essentially yep. uh, rich of compared course. to you know yeah, most countries. Yep. Yeah, so we've been the envy of the world, and when all of that leaves. In a war situation, doesn't that kind of undermine? It's like almost like our soldiers would say, "Well, what are we fighting for?" Yeah. Uh, to defend poverty, you know, uh, the, the Chinese at that point are going to come out to the world like they're going to be the savior of the world because they're going to have the material things that the world needs. They're going to have everything. And at that point, China is going to be the dominant force on the earth. And I think that that's what their plan is. Absolutely. When we come back from the break, we're going to delve into the Bible. What? Yeah. Yes, that's, we are. Yeah. Yes, it's let's gonna push be... all of that aside and let's talk about the things that really matter. Exactly. We're going to have a biblical worldview on our yeah. life because that's what's going to get us to heaven. Not a government, not politics. It's mm-hmm. our faith in Jesus Christ and our belief to stay in the state of grace, as we constantly have said. But how do we do that? How do we stay fired up and not focused on the world as much as being focused on the kingship of Christ and his will in our lives. Well, that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, and we're going to talk about certain aspects of God and and you know and and things that he wants us to know about him. We you know, we we know that God is faithful, but how does he tell us that? And 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 how do we know he's faithful? We're going to look at that in the scriptures. Absolutely. And again, uh I want to thank all the folks here at Virgin Most Powerful. We're on our fourth year this month. Actually, it was the 17th of January 2017, we did our first broadcast. So it's four years ago, folks. Time and, flies when yeah, you're having fun. Yeah, and I want to thank everybody <laughs> who's made that happen. Uh, you can, again, become a monthly donor by going to vmpr.org 
and sign up for $25 a month. And that gets you a bunch of downloads, like hundreds of dollars worth of downloads that we've recorded for the past 30 some years from St. Joe Communications. All the Scott Hahn and Jeff Cavins, Brant Petrie, all the good guys we had. And we still have those recordings to give to you as a way of saying thank you for supporting us here at vmpr.org. Also, the conference is coming up in less than two weeks, the Spiritual Warfare Conference. You know it's sold out. I get that. But if you still want to watch it, every word on video through online, you can register that by going to vmpr.org and say, I want to I register to watch it online the following Monday. And not only watching it, it's yours. You're going to keep it, give it to your friends, family, send it to people. We want people to hear Father Chad Ripperger speak about how to protect your family in a world that acts like God doesn't exist. We need to have good direction on this. Stay with us, family. A world biblical view when we come back on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Terry Barber, Paul Clay. Some people would say, Paul, you guys are very optimistic. But you know why, Paul? Because of our faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We know who wins. We've read the end of the story. We, we just want to build the body of Christ up with God's yes. word, the sacraments, and give people a hope in not a government, not a political party. Uh, no, in the, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And even in our church, We've had leaders, I'll just give a quote right here from Bishop Strickland. He says, the world grows weary of Catholic leaders who fail to guard the deposit of faith. Okay, mm. true bishop. He says, every bishop has made the same promise. Yeah, you know what that promise is, folks? To proclaim Jesus Christ loud and clear. Mm-hmm. Now, he says, I stumble in weakness daily, but my weakness is no excuse. My, I'm, my point is, if you fall, my question is, did you get up? Mm-hmm. All shepherds must seek to live up to the reality that we are successors of the apostles. And here's my comment, and then I'm going to turn it over to Paul with this biblical worldview. My comment is, each one of us has a responsibility to share our faith with especially our family and our friends in spite of scandal, because We are not going to stop proclaiming Jesus Christ because leadership is weak. That has nothing to do with it, in my opinion. It it looks like it's a tough thing to happen, and how's God going to, you know, pull this one off? That's how God will will pull it off, not us. But that shouldn't stop us from focusing on having that relationship with Jesus through his written word and through the sacraments. Terry, amen. And again, I say amen. Amen, brother. Uh, let me give everybody a flash. Mm-hmm. Leadership has many times, almost always been weak. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there is nothing new under the sun, like the, the great says. Solomon has said. Yeah. So <laughs> Terry, so when I when I think about uh, you know trying to get a biblical worldview, and you know I, you know I have to go back to the beginning, and I you know and I have to. Uh, just give everybody, I want to give everybody just a quick overview of, of, of oh, yeah, what's yeah. going on here in the Bible. Right. So 
so we know, everybody knows the story of creation, how God created everything. On the sixth day, he creates man. Mm -hmm. And on the seventh day, what does he do, Terry? He rests. <laughs> he rests from all his labors, right? Yeah. And, you know, and you see different people get sidetracked and say, well, was it seven literal days or was it, you know, was it uh, a day is as of a thousand years and a thousand years is as of a day to the Lord? Well, they're kind of missing the whole thing as uh, Dr. Hahn always points out, you know, Salvation it's more... Yeah, yeah, this is more of a literary device that the Lord is using here in the in the seven days. And and you'll see what I mean here. Did you know, Terry, that God, when he had, when it, when he attempts to draw us close to himself, he uses covenants. Yes. Right. He uses covenants. And so so he, so so the Old Testament, you know, you know, there's a series of covenants and the first covenant that he makes is with Adam. Mm -hmm. right? Uh, right. He makes that he makes that covenant at, at the covenant of creation with Adam, Adam, uh, a man. And then the second covenant he makes is with Noah. That's right. And what does it say? Noah and his family got on that ark eight souls right that's right so so it goes from a man to a family and the third covenant he makes is with the great father abraham yep he make he makes a covenant with abraham he blesses abraham and eventually through his uh uh, uh, uh grandchild comes the 12 tribes of israel that's right and so so abraham was a tribal chieftain and so this covenant that he makes with Abraham, uh, so it goes from a man to a family to a tribe. Then he makes the uh, covenant with Moses at Sinai, right? And so when Moses led the children of Israel out of slavery in Egypt, they were a mighty nation. So it goes from a man to a family to a tribe to a nation. And then finally, he makes a covenant with David. Yes. And and to David, uh, David, you know, remember, was a king. That's right. And uh, so he tells David that his descendants shall be on the throne forever. Uh, and David says, oh, this is too great a thing that you should do for me, Lord. But he God makes that covenant with David. So now it's a... The, the, the covenant has spread from a simple man to a worldwide kingdom. And remember, Israel was charged with uh, basically, you know, uh, telling the nations about the goodness of God. And it says that, uh, you know, the, the people would come to Israel to hear about how great this God was, the God of Israel. And then finally, so that's five covenants, uh, that's Terry. Right, that's right. Fi finally, there's a sixth covenant. And we learn about that covenant when the fulfillment of the entire Old Testament comes to the world, the word of God made flesh. And he says, this is the new covenant in my blood, the sixth covenant. Yep. Right. Yep. So, so Terry, what about the seventh covenant? What's that all about? Well, what happened on the seventh day? Yep. He rested. Guess what? The seventh covenant, the eternal covenant, is when we rest, when God brings us into the fulfillment of everything and he draws us close to himself, when we can behold the beatific vision in heaven, uh, when we rest from all our labors as God rested. So the seventh covenant is the covenant, you know, uh, you know, that's that covenant of eternity, the covenant of heaven. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, and Paul, can I just jump in? I got my yeah. salvation history uh, book yeah. in here, and I love the way Scott Hahn says this. Yeah, he he says God swore an oath, though. Yes, he took upon himself a self curse. He said, "Yes, if I don't do it. May I be accursed?" And That's then right. his son climbed Moriah and went atop Calvary and took upon himself the curse that would. Yes. A flood of blessings yes. to the whole world so that through the Catholic worldwide universal body of Christ, the family of God, you, you read all this, I know. Yeah. All the nations might be regarded as children of God, not just yes. Israel, no longer Jew and Greek, no longer slave or free men. All of us now are called to be children of God. Jesus said, and here's what the call is. It fits right in, Paul. Make disciples of all nations. I died and took the curse so that this blessing might come to the worldly family. That's us. That's right. That's right. That's what I wanted. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he, I love Scott because he's such. He's an expert in in, in the covenants, and uh, it's important that we we really understand what a covenant is, Terry. Yeah. And on that note, I'll, I'll just uh, mention here a little bit about a covenant. Sure. <laughs> The word testament is another word for saying covenant. Yeah. So we, you know, we've heard it referred to as the New Testament and right. the or the New Covenant. Right. What what is a covenant? It is a word used to describe the method in which God uses to draw man close to Himself and into an intimate relationship with Him. Okay. It's different from a contract. A contract exchanges goods and services, right. while a covenant exchanges persons. Amen. Uh, I am yours. You are mine. Mm -hmm. Terry, what does that sound like? That that sounds like a marriage, doesn't it? Exactly, brother. That, right. Uh, uh, it sounds like a marriage. The closest way we can understand covenant is to look at a marriage. Right. Uh, similar to a marriage, a covenant has both legal aspects to it and, you know, and personal relation aspects. Right. Although legal aspects are enforced during the marriage, there is so much more to a marriage than just the legalities. It involves love, commitment, intimacy, and faithfulness. These are responsibilities, you know, uh, uh, to provide you. You know, these are the these are the, the responsibilities to provide. And when that happens, Terry, you become a family. Absolutely, a family. Exactly. Uh, and, and you know, Doctor Han, he points out, Terry, that there's uh, there's no Hebrew word yeah. for family. That's right. Uh, and he argues that the word for covenant has the same meaning. Yeah. So essentially, what you see in salvation history from the beginning is man becoming separated from God, who is our father, who it says that Adam's, who was the son of God, right? Adam was the son of God. So Adam becomes separated and God is restoring his family. God is using the history of the world to bring about and to raise up people, to bring about a great salvation, to, to bring us back to himself. It's like the product, the whole Bible is the story of the prodigal son. Exactly. And you know, Paul, I'm looking at my study guide from Dr. Hahn's Salvation History. And yes. one of the paragraphs, he says, it's just confirming what you're saying. Scott mm -hmm. Hahn's point of the covenants, look at it first. The covenant with Adam, which was the marital covenant. The second mm -hmm. covenant was with Noah, 
in which God's church family is a household. Then the mm-hmm. generations later, the third covenant with Abraham. At this point, God is fathering a family through this new covenant that is a tribal family church. Paul, yes. this is so important what you're teaching us because without this, we don't under, we, you know, the, the, the challenge right now, Paul, is so many of us haven't had this good formation from the Old Testament. Yes. You know, we yes. missed and, this. Yes. And when you have this foundation, Terry, yeah. it just strengthens oh. your faith and, and you realize Absolutely. that, wait a minute, God is just not some God far off that, you know, we, we pray a Hail Mary every now and then, what you know, we, we throw a Hail Mary, right? And, yeah. In hopes that something good will happen. Yeah. No, nope. God is intimately acquainted with all our ways, sacred scripture says. And guess what? He has been father to us. And that is that was the big revelation when they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And what did Jesus say? Our father. You see, understanding the fatherhood of God and understanding that every fatherhood beyond that is established by God's fatherhood is so important. And it's important to understand that, look, at no matter what's going on in life, it's like being a little kid when 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 you're in dangerous territory, all the little kids want to wrap around their father. Right. Knowing that daddy's here. Daddy protect us. You got it to be. Amen. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. We're talking about the Old Testament and understanding the covenants. This is a critical to give you the strength to persevere in your faith. And that's why we're doing this. When we come back, we'll have more to inspire you to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his church. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. We've been talking about why it's important to know covenants. And now we're going to have a little conversation about Abraham. And I think, Paul, you've put this together. So I'd like to ask you to continue on that, please. Okay. So we're going to look at a passage in Genesis uh, where God makes that covenant with Abraham, Terry, and it's chapter two, verses 15. Okay, he says, after this, the word of the Lord came in a vision to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. Yep. And, and Abram said, you have given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count all the stars. If indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. But Abram said, sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? So the Lord said to him, bring a heifer, a goat and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abram brought all these to him, cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite each other. 
The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Then birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abraham drove them away. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into the deep into a deep sleep, mm -hmm. and a thick and dreadful darkness came all over him. Then the Lord said to him, "Know for certain that for that for four hundred years your descendants will be strangers in a in a country not their own, and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward you will come out with great possessions." You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants shall come back here, for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking firepot and a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. One on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. Terry, yeah. the word of the Lord. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. to God. But you know, Paul, this is the stuff we need to be spending our time reading and uh, yes. you know, assimilating into our souls, into yes. our mind, and to yes. actually be praying about, because uh, this is the... So this is the truth about life, okay? Yes. The, yes. the Bible is our uh, what we call uh, basic instructions basic, before leaving. There you Earth. go. <laughs> uh, it's it's what we use. It's it's our our, our thing that we have, as you say, that's yeah. going to give us meaning and purpose in life. But if we don't right. read the Bible, we miss so much. And again, I said this right. yesterday about the Old Testament that if you don't understand the Old Testament you won't really understand the New Testament well. And that's yes. why you mentioned typologies, types of Christ in the Old Testament. And then you see in the New Testament how they're fulfilled, and it all fits. But again, I'm going to encourage as homework for all of us, this is what I do every single day, I read my Bible, but I also read my catechism. Tomorrow, what we're going to cover is the sacrament of marriage with Matt Arnold from his show, and we're going to talk about why having a strong marriage is essential for our culture yes, to be strong. Yes. As St. John Paul II wrote a letter in 1994 to the families, the way the family goes is the way the culture goes. And Paul, yeah. look what, I mean, I have to bring it up again, look what COVID's done to the family. Oh, yeah. It's torn oh, yeah. it apart, brother. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Terry, uh, you're right. And and when you understand covenant in the context of marriage, you yeah. understand why it's important That's right. uh, you know, uh, for this marriage. But let me just talk about that passage for a second, sure. Terry. What we see here when, uh, you know, the custom of the day, when two people would make a covenant, mm -hmm. uh, they would actually, uh, at, you know, as the sacrifices were split, uh, they would walk between them. And you pointed it out early when you said there's certain aspects to a covenant. There's blessing and there's curses, Terry. Yep. And so they would actually literally walk through groin, a uh, hand on groin. Like, you know, as strange as that sounds, my hand would be on your groin mm -hmm. and your hand would be on mine. And we'd walk through. And essentially what we'd say is, if you don't keep your end of the bargain, uh, May this the curse of this covenant covenant not only be upon you, yep. but your your prodigy, your descendants. You know that's the, right. the significance of the groin, right? Because that's where it comes from. Yep. And so, so here's the deal: um, God 
causes Abraham to fall into a, a deep sleep. Yep. And God comes down in the form of the torches and the smoking pot. And guess what, Terry? He passes through uh, uh, the covenant uh, sacrifices by himself. Did you, yep, did you see that. the significance yep, there? He does. Yep. Abraham is not his equal. Abraham is not his peer. God knows what's in man. He needs yep. nobody to testify about man. He knows the weakness of man. Mm -hmm. And God is saying, listen, I am going to bring this about. I am going to, uh, uh, you know, build a people and restore a people through my recreation, through my through salvation history. And I'm going to do it because I'm God. And if I don't do it, may the curses of this covenant be upon me. So God, God is saying, listen, you can take it to the bank because God is not depending on us to, you know, in, in that sense to bring this about. He is going to bring it about because he's God. Amen. And I want to just point out that the Catholic Church teachings on evangelization uh, from Vatican II says the whole church is missionary and the work of evangelization is the fundamental task of the people of God. This is why, Paul, I say, will the real Vatican II please stand up? When we've had priests tell us down in South America for 50 years they never baptized anybody, what the wow. heck were they doing? They weren't implementing right. what the council said. That in the church, there are different uh, diversities of services, but unity of purpose. Christ conferred on his apostles and their successors the duty to, to teaching, sanctifying, and ruling in his name and power. It's pretty much what Bishop Strickland said. As a matter of fact, he's going to be on in a few minutes after our show. Stay with us because he's one of the good bishops in our country. Now, the teachings say that uh, the laity, too, can share in this priestly, prophetic, and royal office of Christ and therefore have a role to play in the mission of the whole people of God in the church and in the world. Why do I say that? Because all of us are called to be missionaries, first yes. in our homes and then in our secular world, our work, our school, our social groups. Although, you know, we all don't, mem members of like Opus Dei, I think their spirituality is all about this, that they want to be holy in the ordinary things of life. Mm. So yes. getting your wife a drink of water every day before mm. she gets up, or a cup of coffee, or a cup of tea, or whatever her drink is, that's an expression of your love for your wife. To do Amen. that is really, you're serving God. So you're sanctifying. Now, I'm going to give a teaser about marriage for tomorrow. And that teaser is this. The Bible says, the believing husband sanctifies the unbelieving wife, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And so what I want to encourage all of our listeners, if you're married, you want to hear tomorrow's show because this is going to help you build your marriage to become stronger and stronger. And I'll tell you what, your job will be to get your wife to heaven and the wife's job is to get her husband to heaven. Now, if you haven't heard that before, um, then you better listen to this show because we're going to be taking the catechism Fulton Sheen's three to get married mm. and really teach people what a beautiful marriage is all about. And I think it's appropriate, Paul, you set the stage for tomorrow's show because you talked about a covenant. Yeah. And understanding that God 
ultimately is the head of our marriages and he is the head of the church. Amen, brother. Is, so yeah, so he's he's the head of the family and he's involved in the family. And like you said, when we serve our wife, yeah. we're serving we're serving Christ. That's how you have right? to look at it. And yeah. you know what's what's so amazing to me? I've learned this even in times where it's hard. I think of it and I just say, thank you, Jesus, because my wife asked me to do something and I did it for love of Jesus and for love yes. of her. But yes. ultimately, I I get benefited by serving her because it pleases our Lord. And I think that if we have that kind of attitude of gratitude, uh, marriages would be much stronger because you see it from a supernatural perspective yes. rather than just planet Earth. Am I on to something? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're absolutely. You know, the world, uh, they have uh, desecrated marriage, uh, you know, with these no fault of divorce laws yeah. with, uh, you know, uh, the, the divorce rate is matter of fact, people aren't even getting married these days, no. Terry, anymore. Uh, even the government, you know, they recognize domestic households and you name it. The reason why marriage is under attack, it's because it's simple, just like our church teaches in the catechism. It is the domestic church. It is the very basic building block of society. And if we are going to have a society that's founded on faith in God, on love, on truth, on all the virtuous things that we talk about, we cannot have that without having first strong families, families uh, that, that have fathers, real men love Jesus, fathers that are leading uh, their families in prayer. This is where it begins. That's ground zero. Preach it, brother. I love it. I love it. Yep. See, the way the family goes is the way the culture goes. Now, again, you notice today what we did. We talked about some of the problems in the church and in the world that are very serious. But also, we want to focus on your relationship with Jesus Christ and make sure it's strong. Ask Jesus Christ for more faith every single day. Pray your rosary or you're off the team. And read your <laughs> Bible. Get your catechism out. Stay focused on the supernatural life of grace and you'll get yes. through anything oh i want to thank you for these two days you were with us you're a good man to take that time with us and uh you know your insights in scripture obviously it was a benefit when you left the church and became a protestant you studied the word of god it's pretty clear brother and thank, yeah, thank you, you jesus for coming back home to the apostolic church the catholic church to him be all glory and honor amen brother paul last statement we have is Every day, every, this is what it matters. What state should we be living in, brother? There's only one, Terry, and that's the state of grace. Amen. Remember, life is short. Eternity is forever. And again, let's make reparation for the sins of the world right now by yes. making sacrifices. Would you do that? Our Lady said souls are going to hell because no one's willing to make a sacrifice. God love you and your family.